Good morning, new community. The psalmist said in Psalm 122, verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let us enter his gates with thanksgiving, and let us enter his courts with praise. Wherever you are and however you're joining us this morning, we're so glad that you're here. As we've been saying throughout these weeks, that it's so important that we gather together during these challenging, critical times. The author of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, do not neglect meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another as you see the day approaching. Uh, my name is Peter, and I have the awesome privilege of serving this community as pastor. Uh, for those of you who are a part of this church family, you know that uh, I normally don't greet you during this time, this portion of the Sunday service. We have other amazing servant leaders who greet you and welcome you in the name of Jesus. But this morning, with this week's developments of our country's news, we didn't sense that our usual format for Sunday worship was appropriate. Many of our sisters and brothers of color are left hurting deeply yet again. And I just felt like a sermon or heartfelt words just weren't going to be sufficient to speak to these times. So instead, what we will do today is we are going to center our worship service around prayers for healing, for lament, corporate repentance, and a commitment to live more justly. Today's worship service will be led by me as well as others that are part of our church family, and it'll consist of songs, prayers, scriptures, moments of silence for personal lament and reflection as we expectantly wait on our God. Now let me take a moment to talk to those of you that might be joining us for the first time or second time because friends and family of this church invited you. We're so glad that you're here. And I've been praying throughout this week that God would speak to you and meet you where you are spiritually. See, we consider our Sunday services to be a time, a safe space where we could invite our family, our friends, our coworkers, and our neighbors so they can hear about who Jesus is and what he has done. And our church's primary goal, you see, is to follow Jesus. We say that a lot around here. We are here to follow Jesus, to learn from him, to be like him. That's what discipleship is all about, and the power of the Holy Spirit to do what he did. And what we're doing today lies at the heart of who Jesus was and what he was about. You see, in John chapter 11, Jesus, even while knowing that his good friend Lazarus was going to rise again, weeps and mourns and grieves. Not just that sin, but what sin has done. We see this picture of the Son of God grieving and mourning the brokenness and the destruction of God's good creation. You see, the mystery of the biblical story is that we worship and serve a God who also laments. In following in the footsteps of our Savior, Jesus, we too grieve and mourn the brokenness all around us, even as we hope in the resurrection that is surely to come. And so, 
even though today's worship service might be unlike what you're accustomed to. And the focus of the worship service might be something that you're unfamiliar, unfamiliar with. I would simply ask that you prayerfully ask God, Lord, what do you have for me today? Just as Samuel was encouraged to say, Lord, your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Will you do that? I believe that God desires to meet each and every one of us exactly where we are. All he asks is that we come with open hearts. Parents, as you worship with your children, we want to remind you again that along with our church family, we as parents are disciples of our children. See, they learn about who God is and what he is about and what he cares about from us. So I want to I want to encourage you to take this opportunity during this service after this service to engage them in conversation about what we are doing and what we did so that they might learn more about the heart of Jesus. And lastly, and this is so important, I want to encourage all of us church to um, turn on your cameras. Uh, in moments like this, I wish that we were all gathered together physically in this sanctuary so that we could be the body of Christ together. And during challenging times like this, we have to do with whatever is available to us. And we want to encourage you, especially those of us that don't like to have our cameras on, to turn our cameras on so that we can see each other, to remind ourselves that we are not alone, that we are together the body of Christ. So will you do that? Turn your cameras on. Take moments to watch other brothers and sisters that are part of this body to remind all of us that we are together in this. So I just want to, at this time, invite my brother, Carlton Coleman, who serves as the director of worship for our church family, to come and lead us now in a time of corporate worship and prayer. Good morning, church family. God bless each and every one of you. As I love to remind us often, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we want to take a few moments just to worship him in the beauty of his holiness. Why do we worship God? Um, if I'm being honest, I can tell you that I am so heavy that we are at this place again. I was sharing with the staff this morning that, you know, this, this place of of pain, this place of hurt has become so familiar to me and many who look like me and then even folks who don't look like me. It is a familiar place, but one of the things that I can tell you church family from my heart to your ears is that worship confuses the enemy. Okay. Listen to me when I say that worship confuses the enemy. And when I'm broken and when I'm down and when I'm in despair, I can only worship my God, my rock, my savior, Jesus, the name that I run to, the strong tower, Jesus, the, the righteous run into this place and they are safe, Jesus. And so, and so that's what I wanna do, even as this year has been painfully hard for many of us, especially these last few months, our God is still good, 
Our God is still faithful. Our God is still just. Our God is still righteous. Our God is still a comforter. Our God is still a healer. He is our all and all, and he sits on the throne and he reigns. And so Lamentations simply says, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Let's say, great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Come on and say, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto God is so great, and he is faithful. Hallelujah, thine glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine glory revive us again hallelujah thine the glory hallelujah amen Thine the glory, revive us again. One more time, say, hallelujah, thine the glory, hallelujah, Oh. Uh... 
revive us this morning. Lord, fresh wind into our spirit this morning. Breathe into us breath. He is my faithful Father, calling me out of the dark. Night cannot whisper away what he said in the light. He is my faithful fountain. My anchor not be moved. Storms may collide, but my spirit's on fire with his word. Listen to these lyrics. It says, when listen to the sound of power on my lips. Jesus has broken the curse, for he's never lost a battle. Who are you, great mountain, that you should not bow low? Jesus has broken the curse, for he's never lost a battle and he never will he never will the battle of racism no he never will he never will the battle of injustice no he never will he never will jesus has broken the curse for he's never lost a battle and he never will. Hear me when I say he has defeated, he has destroyed the power of sin and hate and this battle has been won. Psalm 62 says, yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him and him alone. Truly, he is the rock of my, our salvation, and he is our fortress. We shall not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God and God alone. He is the mighty rock, our refuge. Trust in him in all times. You people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Let me pray. Most gracious and heavenly Father, we come to you again with heavy hearts and weary souls because we are here once again at this familiar place, oh God, at a place where these senseless killings are happening and it seems like there is no justice. Lord, we are tired. We are tired and we are overwhelmed and we need your peace and we need your comfort. Father, each day it's a struggle to fight against the sin and injustices against black and brown men and women. God, give us the strength to overcome the sin of racism against us with grace and ongoing hatred with love, with grace and love, with grace and love, oh God. God, remind us that our actions matter 
and that this battle is not a physical one, but a spiritual one that is being raged in the heavens, oh God. And the only way that we can fight it is through fasting and in prayer. Lord, you said in 2 Chronicles 20 and 15, for us not to be afraid and not to be discouraged by this army because the battle is not ours, but it's yours and it's already been won. Lord, we trust you and you alone to rise up strong on right let you arise and let the enemy be scattered all over the land. God, let you arise and let the enemy be scattered all over the land. Thank you for being our defender. Thank you for being our strong tower. Thank you for being our refuge and our strength. Thank you for fighting for us today, tomorrow, and forever. We love you, Lord. We love you and we give you thanks. And now, God, give us beauty for ashes. Yes. Give us strength for fear. Give us gladness for our mourning and give us a peace that passes all understanding for our despair. We love you and we trust you. In Christ's name, amen. Bless them. Many of us come to the service this morning feeling something as we learned this week about the grand jury's verdict on the Breonna Taylor case. Perhaps you feel pain, uh, numbness, rage, confusion, exhaustion, despair, hopelessness, disappointed, but not surprised. For most of our country's history, our black and brown sisters and brothers have carried the burden, the loss of accountability in the justice system that failed Breonna Taylor, as well as countless black and brown indigenous Asian family members who've lost their lives because of a justice system that wouldn't fight for them. Sadly, what happened in Louisville this week is not an isolated incident. It's a product of a racist and unjust system that has been woven into the very fabric of this country from its very inception. The message that our black and brown sisters and brothers have heard from our society is that their lives don't matter. To my black sisters and brothers, you are of infinite worth and value. Despite this week's verdict, you matter, and we are deeply grateful for you. We see you. We need you. And while we aren't walking in your shoes, we walk the path with you. We will fight alongside you. The evils of racism and anti-blackness must be called out, named, resisted, and fought on all fronts. We have to engage all the ways that the evil virus of racism has infected our community and our institutions. We must do more than just counter-protest. We must proactively protest for the kind of nation and people we want to be. If we don't, one of the worst stories of our History will continue to own us and it will not go away because pain will not be denied. Church complacency 
only leads to greater ignorance and greater injustice. And silence only deepens our family members' pain because it feels like they're suffering alone. We cannot idly stand by and watch while our family is suffering. We take seriously our call to practice solidarity with all who are vulnerable, marginalized, and oppressed as our biblical witness calls us to. But today is not about solutions. Today is about standing in solidarity with our black sisters and brothers, acknowledging pain and lamenting together. Here's what the Bible says about how kingdom community actually does life. Romans 12, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. 1 Corinthians 12, 26. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And our black sisters and brothers are hurting, are angry, and are in deep mourning. And the way of Jesus is to acknowledge their pain, is to recognize their suffering and mourn with them, suffer with them. And yes, we will lament together. This biblical ancient practice is an expression of deep pain and sorrow and not just our own personal sins, but at the brokenness of our world. Lament is an honest crying out to God in moments of pain, confusion, doubt, despair, and anger. Lament recognizes that we live in a deeply broken world and is the appropriate response, church, to the reality of pain and suffering in our world. And as the church, today we recognize those who grieve and we respond along with those who grieve. Because lament is the first step of truth-telling in the ongoing process of healing and reconciliation. So pray with me. There will be a portion in which we will declare a lament prayer together, taken directly from Psalms, followed by moments of silence. And two of our church family members will lead us Let's pray together. Remember, Lord, what happened to Ahmaud Arbery, to George Floyd, and to Breonna Taylor, and to many others. Look and see the disgraceful way their bodies were treated. Our inheritance of the image of God in every human being has been co-opted and denied by others. The family of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna, and George Floyd have lost their loved ones. Widowed mothers once again grieve their dead children. We must scrap for our basic human rights, even to sit peacefully in our homes, and our basic needs, even the need to breathe, have a great price. Corrupt officers pursue us with their knees on our necks. We are weary and we find no rest. We submit to uncaring government officials and to big business to get enough bread. Our ancestors sinned the great sin of instituting slavery. They are no more, but we bear their shame. The system of slavery and institutionalized racism ruled over us, and there is no one to free us from their hands. 
We get bread or jog in our neighborhoods at the risk of our lives because of the guns on the streets. George Floyd is down on the street, his body crying out for air. Black women have been violated throughout our nation's history. Breonna Taylor gunned down in her own home. Noble black men have been hung, lynched, and gunned down. Elders and spokesmen are shown no respect. Young men can find work because of unjustly applied laws, unjustly incarcerated because of staggering negative expectations. The elder statesmen and civil rights leaders have been assassinated. Young people who speak out their protest through music are silenced. Trust in our ultimate triumph has diminished. Our triumphant proclamation of victory has turned to a funeral dirge. Our sense of exceptionalism has been exposed. Woe to us, for we have sinned. Because of this, our hearts are faint. Because of these things, our eyes grow dim. In church, I want us to proclaim aloud Psalm 44 verses 24 to 26 as our prayer of lament and followed by a moment of silent reflection and personal lament. Say this with me. Awake! Why are you asleep, O Lord? Arise! Cast us not off forever. Why do you hide your face, forgetting our woe and our oppression? For our souls are bowed down to the dust, our bodies are pressed to the earth. Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Say this with me. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I have prevailed. My foes will rejoice because I am shaken. 
And finally, but I trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Church, I invite you now to join me in this prayer of response. We waited for your presence. We prayed for your protection. The unthinkable happened anyway. Oh God, oh God, why have you forsaken us? It isn't fair, it isn't right, it never should have happened. The unthinkable happened anyway. Oh God, oh God, why have you forsaken us? You left us when we needed you most. We're left with fear, we're left with doubt. The unthinkable left us anyway. Oh God, oh God, why have you forsaken us? We are in pain, we hurt, we cry. Oh God, oh God, why have you forsaken us? We gather together, we are not alone. Together we weep. Oh God, oh God, help us live. We gather together, we gather at the cross, wipe our tears. Oh God, oh God, help us live. We gather together that we might walk together, that we might live together after tragedy. Oh God, oh God, carry us home. We gather together. Could life be possible, new life be possible, even when we are surrounded by death? Oh God, oh God, resurrect. Please, oh God, resurrect us. Amen. Church family, please um, join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you in worship as we again re-enter this space of grief, pain, and witnessing the ugliness of the world. But we can only 
re-enter this space because we know that you are here. Lord, we are either in utter despair or numbed and desensitized by violence that feels like the only constant in our life. Heal our nation so that our hearts can break for what breaks yours. And then heal our broken hearts through your justice. Show us how to see with clear eyes the brokenness and yet keep our eyes fixed on you. Our nation ruled that our lives can be stolen in the night and that that is just. We know this is not your justice and that lie tears at our souls. Lord, do not delay. Rescue us from this selfishness, the hate, the division, and the lies. We need you to lead this battle, for we are weary. We need your light in this darkness. Give us rest in the shadow of the cross, the cross that reminds us that death is not the end, that you are a God who is fair and just, a God who restores and who makes things new. You are our only hope. We lift this prayer up to you in your son's name. Amen. The church, pray with me. Let us mourn black and brown women, men, children, whose lives and bodies are too often devalued and discarded by a nation whose sins have been too quickly forgotten. Let us lament the loss of lives by those tasked with protecting and serving the communities they police. Let us weep at a criminal justice system which is often neither blind nor just. Let us not rush to the language of healing before understanding the fullness of the injury and the depth of the wound. Let us not speak of reconciliation without first speaking of reparations. Let us not value false peace over righteous justice. Let us not value property over people. Let us not protect material objects while human lives hang in the balance. Let us not offer cliches to the grieving, those whose hearts are being torn asunder. Let us be humble and listen to the pain, rage, and grief pouring from the lips of our black sisters and brothers. Let us not be afraid to sit with the ugliness, messiness, and pain that life is in community together. Let us be men and women willing to mourn and rend our garments of privilege, ease, and let us sit in the ashes of this nation's original sin. God of love, open our eyes to see the suffering of all our sisters and brothers. And God of justice, open our ears to hear those who cry out for justice. And God, in your mercy, show us our own complicity in injustice. God, in your mercy, convict us of our own indifference and apathy. And God, in your mercy, forgive us for when we have remained silent.
Sisters and brothers, today we're going to spend a few moments practicing corporate repentance together. We have a faith that and a, and a Savior that calls us to repentance, not just individual repentance for the things that we each have done, but also corporate repentance. So this includes naming and confessing the sins that have been committed by ourselves as individuals, yes, but also by our ancestors and or by the communities of which we are a part. It includes confessing and expressing deep regret and sorrow over sins and injustices and a turning away from those sinful ways. And in turning away, we commit ourselves to be transformed by Jesus so that we can bring healing and wholeness to our communities. One of the reasons we're practicing corporate repentance today is, as Pastor Peter mentioned, these injustices and sins represented by all aspects of what happened to Breonna Taylor, they are not new. They're not aberrations in a typically just society. They can't be blamed on just a few bad apples. These sins are corporate, they're generational, they're embedded into our history, into all of our communities. We cannot ignore or wish away the sins of our forefathers and foremothers, our leaders, our churches, or ourselves. We must, as people of God, look at these sins particularly today, the injustices to our black brothers and sisters. We need to look at them head on, name them for the evil that they are, and beg God for mercy and justice. For those who have been the worst perpetrators of these injustices, and also for those who are complicit, and that includes all of us. Here at Newcom, we talk a lot about our mission to be reconciled to be reconcilers. And the reality is it's really hard to be reconcilers in our world if we're not reconciled with God and with ourselves. And we can't be reconciled with ourselves if we don't acknowledge and own our own responsibility and complicity in the sins of our world. And so we repent today with specificity and in community. And the good news in this is that as we look these evils head on, we can trust that Jesus has already seen the depths of our sin and brokenness and still calls us beloved and has forgiven us and has victory over these sins. So we don't need to shy away or make excuses or say, ah, that wasn't me, that was someone else. No, we don't need to do that. We can fully acknowledge and express sorrow over this while also holding hope that we are not defined by this, that God hears our confessions, rejoices in our repentant spirits and promises to transform us into ministers of reconciliation. In scripture, there are several instances of corporate repentance. Um, so today, we're going to let the prophet Daniel guide our expression of corporate repentance. In the ninth chapter of Daniel, Daniel recognizes that the Israelites are in exile because of their sins and really because of a long history of disobeying God. Not just Daniel, but a whole bunch of people before him. And he recognizes that and he offers this prayer to God. O oh Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him and obey his commands, 
We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O oh Lord, we and our kings, our princes, and our fathers are covered with shame because we have sinned against you. So today, church, as we practice corporate repentance, we're going to use that last phrase from Daniel's prayer of, Lord, we and our kings and princes and fathers are covered with shame as we repent. We're going to repent on behalf of three communities, the nation, um, the American church more broadly, and our community of believers. So what we'll do is we'll have, go through these, each of these three um, identities. I'll read out. You'll see them on your screen. Please uh, say with me as I, um, as I share this word of repentance. I'll share several examples. And then we'll have a moment of silence where um, you, can, you can continue to talk to God and repent for the things on the screen or other things that the Spirit brings to mind. After we go through a series of those, we will hear two prayers of repentance from, our, from some of the members of our church. So let's pray together. Oh Lord, we and our nation are covered with shame. We acknowledge and repent for worshiping and perpetuating white supremacy, for being more angry at the destruction of property than the destruction of people, and for systematically denying justice to the oppressed. Oh Lord, we and the American church are covered with shame. We acknowledge and repent for exchanging the gospel of Jesus for political power, for claiming to be pro-life while disregarding the value of black lives, for valuing the appearance of diversity over true solidarity. And oh Lord, we and this community of believers are covered with shame. We acknowledge and repent for ignoring or not believing the cries of our brothers and sisters experiencing injustice, choosing silence and comfort over courage and sacrifice, and succumbing to self-righteousness and cynicism.
join me for a prayer of corporate confession and repentance. Gracious God, we come before you today to confess that we have been a hard-hearted people. We have sinned against our neighbors. We have sinned against you. Lord Jesus, we confess that we have participated in oppressive systems and exploitative structures built on white supremacy, greed, and the hunger for self-protection and power. We ask your forgiveness for the ways that we have been complicit in the inequities, violence, and death that, we have, that have been perpetuated against people of color. We confess, Lord Jesus, that we have not trusted you. We have not lived out the values of your kingdom. We confess that the church in the United States has been slow to address injustice. Our silence and inaction have been hurtful and demoralizing to black and brown communities. We have not cared to know their names until it was too late. We have not been faithful witnesses to your love and concern for all people. We confess that we have valued our own comfort and security above sacrificial commitment. We have been self-preserving and calculating. We have failed to share in the burdens and suffering of our black and brown brothers and sisters. Liberating spirit, we repent of all these things and ask that you help us to turn to you. Grant us true repentance. Change us. Make us uncomfortable with inequity, violence, and death. Free us from the power of these sinful strongholds. Heal and transform us. Help us to listen to your voice. Loving God, we take comfort that we can come with confidence to your throne of grace in our time of need and that you meet us with mercy and grace. Please hear our prayer. God, um, you alone are just and you alone are righteous. I come before you on behalf of my people. We must repent, God. We have worked against your justice um, and we have benefited from that, God. We've rebelled against you. We have shut our ears to your prophets among us, God. We have not listened to or believed the truth in their stories. Instead, we have come to you on our own terms, seeking to use you for our own power, our own gain, our own comfort, our own beliefs. We have seemed eager to know your ways, having believed we were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the way of Jesus. Yet for generations, we have done as we pleased. We have exploited our black and brown brothers and sisters in Christ. We have participated in the destruction of your image and others. We have looked the other way and sat idle while black and brown brothers and sisters continue to be murdered in the streets and in their homes. For this we repent. I ask God that true worship would spring out of our repentance for your glory and kingdom, amen. Pray with me, Lord, you hear our prayers. Thank you 
that injustice and sin is not the end of the story, that you are the defender of the weak. You are the transformer of our souls and you promise that you you are faithful and you will bring about shalom and justice. Father, in our repentance, make us people of hope. Help us to turn away from the sin, from these sins. Help us to stop doing wrong and learn to do right by your spirit. Dig a deep well of hope in us, Lord, that we can tap into as we mourn and weep and are deep into the sorrow, Lord. May that hope be right there as well. Lift our eyes to see you. In your name, amen. Morning church. Today, as a community, we've addressed the corporate need and the corporate charge from God to engage, lament, repentance. Equal as important as corporate response is the individual response and the individual process of lament, repentance, and healing. As we saw an example today, even Daniel and Nehemiah took responsibility for repenting for the sins of their people, both present day and the ones who came before them. This is the burden that we bear from all of our social locations. And to make corporate progress, we each have to lament. We each have to commit to healing. We each have to repent. And we know that repentance means not only to acknowledge the wrongs, to apologize, to beg forgiveness, but that it means to turn and go a new way. That we pursue reconciliation, which is right relationship with one another and with God. We can't stop at acknowledging grief and wrongdoing, but we have to pursue the path toward making it right. And the fuel for that pursuit is a deep, genuine hope and belief that we serve a God who loves justice, that he loves all of us as his beloved children, no matter what the world says and no matter the behaviors of broken people. Our hope cannot be placed in humanity or we will always be disappointed. Our hope must rest in God who has loved us from the beginning and is the only one who can make right what is broken. And God can use you, specifically you, to do that. And part of him doing that includes this process that we've gone through together and the process that we are charged to do as individuals, to come alongside one another and pursue healing and to pursue deep relationships so that we all deeply value one another's humanity and the image of God in everyone. And I know that it is hard to hope I know that it is hard to hope this week, especially this summer, especially. We've heard each other's cries and we've heard the expressions of hopelessness. It is hard to see hope and a reason to hope through all the dark clouds, all of the sin, the corporate sin, the systemic sin. 
It's hard to wake up every day and feel like you can't see a way out. But I trust that God has more for us. And so I'm choosing to believe that there is hope to be had. And I'm trusting that God has the best view of hope for us um, as we continue to wade through the darkness and lament every single time. Part of what would be encouraging to me personally on this journey is to, um, especially in trying to get to a place where I'm not just believing for hope, but that the hope is deeply rooted in my heart, would be being able to trust and know that we are all each doing our part to pursue hope for ourselves and for our community, for our brothers and sisters, whether we identify with their experience or not and to trust that we are all pursuing right relationship with God and one another. You, church, are the church. You are new community. And our pastor often gives us the charge to be the church. And I hope that when you hear that, it still has fresh wind. It still pierces your heart. It still makes you feel responsible for being the church. Being the church is not a passive activity that you get to just attend service on Sundays because that's not enough. Coming to church on Sunday is not the primary space where you get to walk alongside folks and get to know others and be fully known. Being the church, being a reconciler, being a follower of Jesus, these are all not passive activities. And if you do not feel like God is interrupting your life on a regular basis, then please trust and believe that there is a pending invitation for you from the Lord that either you have not paused to acknowledge or you have chosen to ignore. We all have a role in continuing to address injustice. We all have a role in continuing to care for the pursuit of peace, the pursuit of uh, shalom in our communities for ourselves and for our brothers and sisters. If you have no idea what your role is, if you, you still have an identity to work towards identifying what it is. But rest assured, God has more for us than to suffer, persevere, and be resilient over and over again. God has more for us than that. God has more for us than to stack up material wealth until we die. He has more for us to live comfortable until we die. There is more to your daily purpose in life than to pursue what the world has to offer. Earlier this summer, we talked about being in a Kairos moment. That moment is not over, church. But if your response is still, I don't know what to do, if your response is still feeling paralyzed when being challenged and not knowing what to do next, if your response is to complain and not contribute, then the question to you is, do you want to get well? Do you want us to get well? And if so, take up your mat and walk. Run after God and figure out what your role is, what God is calling and inviting you to. That invitation is pending and you cannot ignore it. And if you've been ignoring it, time is up. Time is up. And God is not withholding that knowledge from you. That's it. That's the service, y'all. That's it.
Lord, um, we're thankful um, that you chose to come, that you chose to stay, um, to be with us this morning. Um, and as we move on from this moment today, um, it's real easy to just jump back into figuring out our new normal. It's real easy to jump back on social media and remember all the ways that the world has taught us to view these issues, to have these conversations. Just really asking you to pause and listen for the Lord in your next step. After service today, we'll send out an email that has all of our announcements because we did not do announcements today. Um, and if you desire to um, have prayer, be prayed for, um, after service today, please send a message in the chat and uh, someone will connect with you and we'll be happy to pray with you today. Again, you aren't meant to do any of this alone. And so those information that's gonna go out in the email today, there are a wealth of opportunities for us to walk together, for you to discern your role and what it means to move forward in the midst of all of this calamity. Check that email, look at the opportunities and figure out what your next step can be. The charge is not to do and be active, but the charge is to seek God and understand what your role is. So receive this benediction. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling, to present you before our maker with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our savior, be glory and power, dominion and majesty through Christ Jesus for all generations now and forevermore. Amen.